Welcome in once again. It's time for another episode of Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International. And if you like what you're hearing, we ask that you consider becoming a patron. It's very easy to do and you'll support not only this podcast, but also Athena International. Just go to the top of WomenReallyMeanBusiness.com, check out the Becoming a Patron section, and at the $5 level, we'll give you extras from our guest week. At the $10 level, we'll give you extras, plus you'll get the podcast before anyone else does. You'll get it ahead of its release. At any rate, we would love it if you would consider doing this. All right, let's get into the episode. When Allie Parrish's work got stagnant, she transitioned her career to more work she loved. In this talk, she talks about making your transition if you are feeling similar and what you need to do and how you should think about this process. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, episode number 64, starts now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Blitnikoff, and very excited once again to have a fellow podcaster on with me. And I tell you, it's always a, kind of a disconcerting experience for me because I always want to be really on my toes when I'm talking to a fellow podcaster because I know that they know the industry just like I do. Not that I'm not always on my toes, but so I'm going to be happy to bring in Allie Parrish into the conversation. And she's got a podcast and resources at teachertransition.com and she does a lot of different things with the realm of education and I got to tell you that there were it's so wide-ranging and so many really kind of supportive things that she does for teachers and really the industry in general that I'm not even going to try to do her bio because I'm not going to do it justice. So, Allie Parrish, I'm going to bring you into the conversation now. Welcome. Thanks for all your time, by the way. Thank you, Jeff. Happy to be here. Ah, Happy to have you. And so, let's have you go over your bio and what teachertransition.com is, what led you to it. I know you've got a lot of experience in the education field and just love to hear from your perspective what got you to this place and your story and your journey. So, Allie, welcome. The floor is yours. Excellent. Thank you. I, I, taking it way back, I grew up as the daughter of, of two teachers. My mom taught elementary school and my dad taught at the university level. And I, I loved the profession, even from being a child. And yeah, I always loved it. I'm convinced there is not a teacher out there who loves their first year of teaching more than I did and their second and their third. And and I really loved it and was incredibly passionate. I'm still incredibly passionate about education and learning um, in so many ways. And for me, after years of the same content and same curriculum, I started to feel somewhat stagnant. And I wasn't feeling like I was progressing as much as I wanted to, even though I was adjusting things and I could see in the data of my students' test scores, things were going incredibly well. but. I wasn't growing and progressing, yeah, to the degree, at the trajectory 
that I personally wanted to. In my profession, there are certain opportunities for growth and advancement. Oftentimes, it's very few. You know, if you want to be a principal or if you want to work at the district level, and there was one position that I really wanted. I wanted it ever since I was in my undergrad, and it was this liaison facilitator position between the universities and the elementary schools, kind of a, a fun blend of, of what my, both of my parents' levels of teaching. And I really wanted that opportunity. There were so many applicants, and it was something that didn't present itself for me. And so I taught for seven years, and I loved it for five. And in those last two years, I experienced what being somewhat stagnant in your workplace is like. I learned that healthy things don't grow in stagnant waters. (laughs) And I learned that when certain doors of opportunity don't open, you build your own door. And so I I took a lot of time, you know, I I thought, well, maybe I just need to change schools. Maybe I just need to change grade levels. And I did all of that. But I developed a lot of self-awareness through some amazing resources out there and identified where my passions were as well as my skills and applied. I I looked into PhD programs in positive psychology. I I could identify that I was most passionate, not about long division and dinosaurs, content that I'd been teaching for a long time, but I was most passionate about the content of character. And to identify what you're really passionate about work-wise, and then and the skills as well as the topic, and to intentionally direct your career path toward that takes a lot of personal initiative and just intentionality. And so I ended up going from the classroom into work that I absolutely love. And now I, I direct a learning production agency. And as a side passion project, I developed teachertransition.com to help teachers who are in that same circumstance of wanting to advance beyond beyond their classroom and contribute in the world, yeah, beyond the school building. So, so what, kind of a summary or synopsis of some of the path. I love it. So, what are you doing as far as let's let's talk about how you have kind of gotten yourself, and I'm not even sure if this is a word. Well, people that know that that listen to this podcast know I make up words all the time. So, <laughs> so, so my new word for this podcast is unstagnated. Uh, again, not sure that's a word. Webster, whoever he is, probably rolling in his yeah. grave, so to speak. But so unstagnated. And how have you been able to develop these different tools for teachers to not only reignite your passion for the field, but also have you seen a reignition of passion of people that you're presenting these materials to? You bet. Yeah. On the topic of stagnation, let's let's talk about that from a statistics standpoint for a bit. Some resources that are out there that were really helpful for me in making that transition Gallup has a book called Wellbeing Finder, and they have incredible research. And in their book, Wellbeing Finder, which you can find on teachertransition.com, got a link to it, they have 
surveys, basically online access comes with the book. You can take surveys and learn how you're doing in different areas. One of the areas that they identified as far as personal well-being in life is career well-being. And they said of all the areas of well-being that people give value to, the one that is usually underestimated the most is career well-being. And when you take initiative, when you take responsibility for your professional development, your growth, and your opportunities, you really are, are able to go so much further with them. So using that resource, their online tools, helped me identify some, some areas for personal progress. But the research that they have in their book is fascinating. When, when we look at when someone is unemployed, and I'm not even, we're not even really talking about unemployment. We're talking about maybe underemployment. But when someone is underemployed for a long amount of time, levels of depression are so clear to see in the statistics. Some of it, with prolonged unemployment, for example, when they look at that data, and when they look at the data of someone whose spouse passed away, people bounce back faster from the loss of a spouse than they do from prolonged unemployment. It's fascinating to see, incredibly sad, but, but when we look at it from underemployment, from that kind of a perspective, it really motivates us even more to make sure that we're developing a path so that we do have something to go forward to. You know, if things don't work out with whatever someone's present job is, it's always wise to have the networking connections and, um, yeah, just a, a path prepared so that you have other opportunities readily available to you. So how is it that you were able to, again, like you said earlier in the interview, you loved being a teacher. It would have been so easy just to yeah. keep going along that path. But at a certain point, you stagnated. And then you started on this journey where you were really working on personal development. And like you said, it's through your career development that you were able to personally develop. So maybe talk to me about the process that you went through for all that and maybe talk to that person right now that might be feeling stagnated and maybe give them some action steps they can take based on the journey that you just went on. You bet. I think one of the clearest ways to gut check yourself and see where you're at is how you feel on Sunday night, knowing that Monday morning or that, that your work day is coming ahead. And if you're really not looking forward to that or if you feel like you're just going through the mundane steps then that's when you can identify that a change needs to be made in the field of positive psychology or the study of happiness they can see that people who are the happiest in what they do they have a certain challenge level and a certain expectation level of um they call it like living in flow you know when it feels like things are going by really quickly and you're just loving things. If you've done the same job for the same for a long time, if things have become really rote and routine, that's oftentimes people that are that are in that circumstance. As far as the process that I went through, I'm a person that really likes having a game plan and not just doing something randomly. So I didn't go and just apply for random jobs. Yeah, I was really intentional about my my path. Like I mentioned, I looked into some PhD programs. I emailed like Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology. I got really scrappy. I just, I really tried to network hard, but I also learned that the best place to start a job search 
is inside of yourself. If you, so the process that I, that I went through, part of what I direct other teachers through who are going along this path also is self-awareness. There are some fantastic tools out there that I would highly recommend to anyone in this circumstance. And you can find a lot of these at local universities in their career counseling centers. Anyway, some of them are Campbell's Strengths and Interests Survey, the Myers-Briggs Assessment, and other career exploration surveys that they have. But Campbell's is one I'll have that I'll highlight for a second. It It's a survey that you take and it helps you differentiate what you're skilled at from what you're passionate about and interested in. So for example, on, on mine, well, it will give different areas of fields of work basically, and then it gives specifics for them. One of the specifics on mine was secretarial work. It said I am incredibly skilled at that. I, I could color code the whole planet basically. <laughs> but as far as interest, I have zero interest in doing that. And I'm so happy for the people who do, but I, my mind loves ideas and my mind loves engineering ideas and creating experiences. Anyway, so that test really helped me see I am great with elementary education and I am so ready for something new, new challenges, new learning. I think different people just have different trajectories that they like to be heading in. Another tool out there that I would highly recommend is StrengthsFinder. It, again, has fantastic research behind it. You can take an online survey, and it lets you know your five top strengths. And for me, one of them was Achiever. And these are people that are they have some drive, they're driven, they want to keep learning and growing and and expanding themselves. So allow yourself the freedom to really embrace your idiosyncrasies, your passions, your skills, yeah, and what you love. Giving yourself permission is one of the first steps. Developing self-awareness is incredibly helpful. And then making the network connections to go from there is really helpful as well well what made you take that next leap though because you had mentioned a lot of and a lot of great stuff there and i'm probably going to dive into some of those tests as well because i'd like to see more about myself and see more of the things that maybe make me tick but so a lot of that's for job search or career change or whatever and that's certainly what you went through but you took it to even the next level you said you know what it's not even just a job search. Now I'm going to be an entrepreneur. So how did you make yeah. that, that leap? Because you, you're talking about a lot of radical change there in a short amount of time. I mean, you train for all those years to become a teacher. You're locked in. You're starting to get years under your belt. And then all of a sudden you go on this journey and you really just kind of completely alter your path. I mean, you're still on the same path. You're still in the education realm, but now you've gone from basically having a job and a stable career to like, hey, now I'm an entrepreneur. So tell me all about that. Yeah, excellent question. It really was not just one single step. And I think sometimes when people talk about career change and, and getting a new job, they oversimplify it and they make it look like it was so easy. But when they really get into the details of it, oftentimes it's messy and it's hard and 
and there's a lot of emotions involved. And sometimes we both feel desperate. For, for me, if we were to look at the details, we would see someone who really, really, really researched herself and who really explored a lot of opportunities out there. I ended up, when I, at the beginning of the school year, you have to give a reassignment letter. Oh, not beginning of the school year. Toward the end, they need to know if they need to hire new teachers. And so I let them know, you know, I'm, I'm continuing with other opportunity anyway yeah looking for further development anyway i resigned as a teacher i trained teachers on educational technology let me back up for just a second a, a lot of researchers in this area call it disruptive innovation whitney johnson who's a big leader in in this field she talks about disrupting yourself and though that year or two right there was incredibly disruptive. So I tried a lot of different things. I went from the classroom to training teachers in education throughout the state that I was in. And then I went from that to working at an instructional design agency. Working at an agency is like drinking from a fire hydrant. I'd been thirsty for so long that it was incredibly refreshing, although exhausting, refreshing. And the agency wasn't one of my top picks of where I wanted to work. There were very few companies of where I wanted to work where my passions and my skill set of interest overlapped. And so, but working at that agency was an incredible opportunity, a springboard of growth. And then eventually, one of the places where I really wanted to work, I got to work with the content of character and develop lessons for live instruction and for online instruction that were four years of curriculum, 160 days of content each year, and global distribution translated into 36 languages. It really was an incredible opportunity, trainings for students, trainings, or lessons for students and trainings for teachers. So yeah, it, my path wasn't this, you know, let's go from the classroom to trying something random. And it wasn't going from the classroom straight into entrepreneurship. It had multiple steps in it. And and career paths, life has seasons. And my current season, well, throughout all of that, I, I was single. And my husband and I dated long distance. And when we chose to get married, shout out to my husband for a minute. He, he when we first discussed getting married, he said, what would you like if, if you want us to live where you work, you know, in your area, I can start over and I can move there. Or if you'd like to, you can come here. But just the fact that he validated what I do and what I love meant the world to me. I did want a season of, of trying something different, of seeing if we were able to have a family, of me being able to do some of that with some of the time I've been doing work stuff as well. So. So I moved to where he lives and we got married and it was with that that I started my own company. I first was a consultant for organizations so they can improve their learning strategies. And then it grew beyond what I was able to do personally and became an agency. So yeah, so, so I'm able to offer other people work opportunities, oftentimes with flexibility to design learning experiences, to create trainings for companies, to revamp online learning and make manuals and just, just so many things. It's, 
it's a fantastic opportunity, but it did not come in one single step. It really was a path and a journey, and it still continues, and I love it. And that's really, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, the book The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And he talks about how it's decisions that you make thousands of times that are going to push you in a certain direction. And it's that consistent action to move yourself towards that goal. So like I get, as you said, you didn't wake up one day and say, okay, I'm an entrepreneur, but you put a lot of steps in between that. You did the right things as you kept moving along to really get you to the place that you're at now. And then having somebody supportive in your life, like your husband, uh, that's just got to make it a lot easier on the journey. Not that there's anything easy about being an entrepreneur. I don't mean it that way. But to have that kind of support from another person that gets it, that's got to help a lot. It really, it really does. And, you know, shout out to those who support the entrepreneurs in their life. Entrepreneurs need support. They need a brother or a sister who can encourage them or, or parents or, you know, if it's a roommate or if it's a spouse or partner, it just, everyone needs encouragement. And, and it, entrepreneurship is so explorative. Like everyone needs encouragement and support. Definitely entrepreneurs. Well, being an entrepreneur, and I want you to react to this. And I find this with this podcast because this podcast is an entrepreneurial venture. I mean, if you go back and you listen to the first 10 podcasts versus where the podcast is at now, it's night and day. And what's going to be happening with this podcast that we record today and another hundred, that's I'm sure it's going to be night and day as well. I mean, but you're always and this is the question I want you to react to is, is that what I find is, is that. A lot of times, I don't even know what that path is. You have a general idea of where you want to go, but then as you continue to learn things and really get yourself out there, all of a sudden you're like, well, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. It's exciting, but it's scary at the same time, right? Yeah, it is. I think in a career path, there are certain times when you can stand like at the top of the mountain and you can look back and see, oh, this actually makes sense. When I was leaving the classroom, in some ways, logically, it did not make sense. But my gut knew it was the right thing, 110%. And so, and and then at an agency, and then at a different, anyway, sometimes you're able to stand at these vistas and look back and be like, wow, this really all fits together. And I can see how if I would not have made those changes then, I would not have been able to influence in the ways that I've been able to. Yeah, it just really puts the whole picture together. But sometimes you can't see it. The best guide is oftentimes peace. And so if something feels peaceful and feels right, you don't. You can't replace the peace that comes when you follow what feels right. And sometimes you can't see why it makes sense until later on. Oh, I love that. I think that's a... Uh a great thing because it really means that things are aligned for you. If you feel at peace with something, you got to say, you know what, I definitely, and you can't explain it, but you just know you're on the right path. And it gives you a lot of assurance because let's be honest, as I said before, entrepreneurship is tough because it's not like you can plug in and say, well, this is the way we've done things for 30 years. This is what you should do. You're, Mm -hmm. you're the one that's, you're the one that's developing the quote-unquote should-dos of your organization. Right, yeah. A good opportunity to be creative. And you know, a lot of people 
have courses and things on, you know, how to do entrepreneurship. And it's great to learn from them, but it's also nice to know a lot is yet to be discovered and a lot still remains unwritten. So, yeah. Well, before, before we get into the Athena-based questions, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to give me an elevator pitch for the things that you do, because you have a lot of things that are there to support educators and support people that are in that, that space. So I'd like you to maybe, and a lot of times I give the mic over to the guests at the beginning and the end. Of course, I always do that. But sometimes, and what I'm going to do now is hand you the mic right now to talk about what you can do for the people in the educational space that are listening right now. Because I think that we really need to get to a place here where we can maybe put it in a bow for them so they can really understand how you can help them. So if you wouldn't mind giving that elevator pitch, I know that uh, the listeners that are in that space right now would appreciate it. And maybe even even people beyond that space would appreciate it because there's probably some things that even people that aren't in the educational field can benefit from. So there you go. Yeah, you bet. So the company that I direct is Idealized Learning, and that is separate from Teacher Transition, but in some ways they work really well together. So at Idealized Learning, clients can come to us and they can say, you know, I need to train my employees better. Here's our current training strategy. Here's what we do. What would you recommend? And we can analyze, we we can look at what they do and come up with proposed solutions. And we can help develop those resources, materials, online lessons, presentations, whatnot, whatever it is. That profession, that that work goes very well with teachers. They are rock stars of pedagogy or the science of learning. They know how to get to certain learning outcomes effectively and efficiently. And so for some teachers, with teachertransition.com, for some teachers, that's a perfect fit-in for what they want to do next. They might be passionate about learning and learning strategies, but they might not be passionate about the water cycle or you know, whatever topic they're, they're teaching. And so there's some transition tracks, as we call them with teacher transition. If, if a teacher wants to go from the classroom to their next thing, and if they want to go into like instructional design, we have resources, courses, and materials for that. But a lot of teachers want to go different directions, not just into instruction and pedagogy and whatnot, or online learning, instructional design, curriculum design, things like that. So for those teachers, we also have downloadables, a community of support, our podcast where we interview former teachers that are now doing other incredible things out there in the world. Sometimes when you are navigating your career path, it feels like a very solo venture, especially if you're going from traditional field like teaching or nursing, something where your degree was very clearly associated with a specific job. If you're trying to go to a new job, sometimes it feels like you're doing something others haven't done before, when in reality, thousands. I mean. Tens of thousands of teachers leave the classroom every year. And whenever we hear the stats on that, it sounds like such a negative thing. The reality is a lot of those stories are pretty exciting and people are pretty happy. So anyway, we, we with our podcast, we look into the details of that. With resources on the website, we 
facilitate kind of a pathway or a step-by-step guides to going through the thought processes, the self-awareness activities to help people get from where they are to where they want to be next and to cheer them on throughout it. Again, we all need that encouragement. What a great segue to our question of the Athena principle that we want you to comment on. And you talk about the support and the encouragement and all that stuff. Well, here we go. There's eight Athena leadership principles from the book Becoming Athena, Eight Principles to Enlighten Leadership by Athena International founder Martha Mertz. And the segue that I talked about is celebrate. That is the principle that I'd like you to comment on. And how perfect is that? Because you were just talking about encouragement, all that other good stuff. So celebrate is a perfect dovetail to that. So what does celebrate mean to you, Allie? Oh, a great question. I feel like I feel like I can be a good cheerleader for others. I do feel like I encourage myself, but, but when it comes to like actually celebrating, I've had to learn more about that. When I took the Strength Finder survey and it told me I was an achiever, one of the specific lines it said to me, I'm just going to read it from from the resource it says remember to build celebration and recognition into your life achievers tend to move on to the next challenge without acknowledging their successes counter this impulse by creating regular opportunities to enjoy your progress and accomplishments and so i just really think it's great for people to yeah acknowledge the small steps of progress Maybe you're just going to put a little post on your Instagram page or your Facebook page of, hey, I did this. Give yourself a shout out, really. Give yourself a pat on the back. And even even just in exploring new opportunities, being intentional about your past, just really taking responsibility for for your well-being and, and for your contribution in the world. And it's something to be proud of. Transitioning from the classroom to something else is no longer a taboo topic. It really is something to be proud of and to cheer on for yourself and others. And let's talk about the people that you have elevated through this process. Now, I know that teachers are men and women, of course, and then the business leaders that you encounter, of course, are both men and women. But uh, being that this is a Athena-based podcast, we like to hear what is happening in the world of women elevating other women and then celebrating it. There we go with celebrating it again. But uh, again, it's a great word, and it's something that, as you said, we should be doing more of. So from your perspective, how are you helping to elevate other women in whatever field they're in through what you're doing, and how are you able to celebrate that? Excellent question. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is someone who reached out recently. They'd been in contact with me a handful of years ago and they loved teaching, but they knew they needed to do something else. And so I kind of took them through this process and they reached out recently and just said, you know, thank you so much for taking the time back then to do this. I've recently graduated with this master's degree and I'm working at a university doing this and my family's able to buy a home now and, Anyway, just just really celebrating the progress that they made. And sometimes what people really need is that encouragement, is that celebrating, someone giving them a pat on the back and and cheering them along the way. And so anytime we we do that through personal interactions, it really boosts one another and supports one another. 
Actually, there, there's so much good going on. It's worth cheering for. Allie, you've been more than generous with the resources that you've mentioned all throughout this podcast. And uh, I'm sure that you're probably a little out of breath getting, <laughs> getting to all those resources. But do you have any others that you might want to share with our audience that you think that they might get a lot out of? Let's see. So, Wellbeing Finder, Campbell Strengths and Interest Test, Strengths Finder. Other resources are available on teachertransition.com on the resources page. So, anything else along these lines that would be helpful, they can access there as well. Perfect. All right. As people that listen to this podcast know, I start with my guest, I end with my guest, and always give you the mic right at the end. So, and we handed it back to you a couple questions ago, but I'm going to hand it back once again, and I'm going to have you address the audience as to whatever you want to talk to them about. And Allie, I guess the floor is yours. You know, some things I have touched on, just to remind, just to bring it back one more time, really, peace is going to be one of your greatest guides on your career path. If you can identify what brings you to life, what you're excited about, follow that don't damper it really let it let it shine and let it be a good guide to you if you can identify where you are and where you want to be baby steps toward that are going to be identifying those passions identifying your skill set developing what lacks creating a network and connections and then going for it for some people what's holding you back isn't degrees isn't education Sometimes it's just yourself. And so sometimes you need to develop skills and then just just go for it. Apply, network, connect. Really, yeah, the greatest place to start a job search is inside of yourself. And let well that come out. And last of all, I guess, yeah, I guess I would just encourage you to not let yourself be the thing that holds you back. If you can dream it, you can work toward it to do it. It's a great thing that you just said, and you've said it throughout the interview. The job search starts inside of yourself. Don't get in your own way, all that stuff. I mean, what a great what a great lesson for all of us, because sometimes we are the ones that are holding ourselves back. We are the ones that talk to each other more than anything. Like, I mean, you talk to yourself more than anybody talks to you. I talk to myself any more than anybody talks to you. And we're with each other 24 uh, seven inside our own heads. So if you're not feeding yourself that right input, the output that comes out can't be good. Right. And really, when you in the future when you look back on right now what do you want to be able to say about it do you want to be able to say oh, i went for it i actually was gutsy i i went for what i wanted or are you going to be saying why didn't i ever let myself at least try for it when we can set the example that we would want to set for our kids or for our nieces or nephews. If we can set through our life an example of pursuing dreams, of contributing meaningfully, we know we can be confident in how we will look back on now then. So I would just encourage us to, yeah, to, to reflect on that question of what do I want to be able to say then about how I'm going about and living now? Well, Allie Parrish of teacher, teachertransition.com, 
if I can spit it out, I'll try to say that three times real fast. <laughs> and uh, or I guess I probably couldn't say it three times real fast, right? Uh, and, and then idealize learning. And again, I very much appreciate your time. Like I said at the beginning, it is disconcerting when you're interviewing a fellow podcaster because you have somebody that is in your own industry and you want to always be sharp. <laughs> and uh, so I felt like it was a... Uh, a great interview on your side, Allie. I really enjoyed your thoughtful answers to the questions, and I, I just have to thank you so much for being here. So kind of you. Thank you, Jeff. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Michelle Henry's company specializes in research. And in this wide-ranging episode, she talks about the importance of research, competing with bigger organizations, and how to take your own entrepreneurial journey. Here's a bit more from Michelle. And I think in the end, it's actually more expensive to not do research than to do research. Because not doing research means you're just doing trial and error. Trial and error can be very expensive. Interested in becoming a guest? Check out our Being a Guest page at WomenReallyMeanBusiness.com. All levels of business accepted. We love a wide range of stories.